following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Oh, oh, wait, there's Thursday night football on tonight. I mean, everything going on, I've just completely lost, like, where I'm at in terms of days of the week. It is kind of odd how this is totally a regular week, and it's the full five days a week, but today, I was like, is today Friday? Yes. Today's got to be Friday. Well, right? and, and, and Brandon came into my office, and we were discussing something for Tuesday of next week, and I had to go, oh, right. Tuesday is that day, Wednesday's when this happens, you know, try and piece it out because, oh, Monday is Christmas Day, Uh huh. where in my mind, all it is is travel day. <laughs> You're going to be very busy, very, very busy. Yeah, uh, there, there's that as well. Oof. Hi, everyone. He's Dave G. He's Travion Berkland. I'm Troy Coverdale. Mitch Fortner is getting set to be the voice of T-Mobile Arena tonight. Or the T-Mobile Center, whatever you want to call it. Sprint Center, come on. <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. <laughs> As the Cats take on uh, Wichita State in the Wildcat Classic. Coverage of that game coming up tonight at 6.30. And we'll have uh, Mitch Palm coming up a little bit later in the hour here nice. on the game. But as we get this Friday, no, Thursday edition <laughs> of the game underway. See? Right there. You just want to do it. Come on. End this week already. Let's go. For sure. Let's get a jump on stuff. Uh, I, I labeled this right out of the box in outlining what we were going to talk about. Next best chance. Mm. And the reason I laid it out that way is it's a saying that I always have enjoyed hearing just because it, it it's such a great point about what's still in front of a team. Mm-hmm. And in K-State basketball's lexicon for tonight, this is the next best chance. Because the Cats have this matchup with Wichita State coming off of the loss to Nebraska on Sunday. Disheartening, disappointing, any number of things that you want to bring up about Sunday's contest can be done very easily. It just was not a good day by any stretch of the imagination for K-State men's basketball. No. So, now, you are faced with your next best chance. Mm -hmm. And this is where you can go into the holidays, into Christmas, your limited break, on a positive. Mm -hmm. And just wipe that Nebraska game out of everybody's memory, at least for a little bit. For now, until... We're looking at resumes for Selection Sunday, and we go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that team that still didn't make the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Oh, wait. Wait, they yeah. beat us at home? I forgot about that. Uh, okay, you know, again, 30, 30 games. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep that in mind. We kind of talked about it off the air. Like, it's just one of those things that happens every year, it seems like, especially this time of year. You get beat, and then you look back at the end of the season, and you go, oh, yeah. Those mm-hmm. guys, whatever happened to them? Oh, they did nothing. Right. You know, it just it, it, it happens. Well, a great example of that. Northwestern, ranked, loses to Chicago State. Mm. Had never lost to Chicago State. First time in 16 tries since they started playing back in 1981. 
By the way, that's the same Chicago State team that'll be coming in <laughs> before the conference opener. So January 2nd uh, is when the Cats be ready match up with Chicago State. Um, that said, <laughs> that's exactly the type of team you're talking about, the type of game you're talking about, the type of an outcome like last night, Radford clipping West Virginia in Morgantown on a last-second shot. It's college basketball. Mm-hmm. These things do happen. And in the case of what took place on Sunday, that is a commonplace type of a game. If you take a look at last night and North Carolina, Oklahoma, you saw an Oklahoma team that could not get itself going offensively, and Carolina built to a double digit lead very early in that ball game and never let up. Oklahoma struggled to get a half court offense going, they couldn't get out in the fast break. And North Carolina took advantage of that. You wouldn't have believed that Carolina was the lower-ranked team. Mm-hmm. Much lower-ranked team going into that ball game. It's college basketball. Stranger things have happened. It's the time of year where you're coming off of finals. You're coming off of having played already this number of games. And you're kind of getting ready for where conference games become a regularity. Your schedule is sporadic before you get to conference play. And it does play a toll because you're, you, you have trouble kind of hitting that flow mm-hmm. of being up for a game day versus, oh, we're at practice today. Mm-hmm. Kind of that feel like us this week. just going to say that. <laughs> they probably felt like a lot like we do today. Like, uh, wait, what day is it? When right. We, what? Wait, is it Saturday or Sunday? Right. Uh, yeah. And and yes, it's incumbent on coaches to be able to find a way to be able to get your team to withstand that situation. But that's also why, well, let's be perfectly honest. A, you don't see teams go undefeated anymore. Right. There, there is way too much parity, and the schedule is a much different beast than what it was when... Uh, UNLV attempted to go unbeaten, and granted, that was also, you know, let's remember that they were in the Big West. They were not part of a Power Five conference, a Group of Five conference even. No, that that was low mid-major. The fact that they wound up in the Mountain West conference was the biggest boon for them in terms of just general uh, viewpoint beyond basketball. But they've not been able to maintain it from a basketball standpoint because, well, let's be perfectly honest, they've not been able to cheat the way that they used to under Tarkanian. <laughs> oh, Vegas, 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 Vegas. Those you, were some fun teams. Oh, they, God, they I were mean, great. Wow, they were stacked. Grandmama was stellar. Oof. You know, and Stacey Ogman was oh, yes. so good. Greg Anthony was awesome. Even the role guys, just they were all really good. And they tore it up in... The Big West. Right. I mean, it, similarly, you know, it, let's be honest, that, that, that's a Missouri Valley Conference level of a conference at the mm-hmm. time. At the time. Right. Okay? There's a much more larger divide now between even those conferences mm-hmm. than, than what it was at that point. The 
ebbs and flows of college athletics. Uh, one of the topics I have down, by the way, Florida State to talk about today. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, Those retainer fees are being mm-hmm. utilized. But again, why is it so tough to, to go unbeaten? Because you have trouble, especially when you're looking at changing rosters annually and looking at what your schedule is. You, you lack the ability to become consistent. Something that Jerome Tang addressed before the Nebraska game. You know, just uh, doing all the little things as we continue to grow. We, we have to cut down on our turnovers. If we don't turn the ball over, I think we're going to be really hard to beat. And then we have to be better defensively um, guarding the three-point line. And uh, there was a stretch there. I think in three games, teams made 31 threes against us. And uh, so we have to do a better job of that. Those were two things, by the way, that weren't necessarily as big of a problem on Sunday as other items that showed up. Yes, guarding the three-point line was a bit of an issue, but not nearly to the level that it had been previously. Nebraska just beat K-State on the glass all day long. Turnovers weren't a problem. It was a matter of being one and done, not getting second looks on the offensive end of the floor, and on the defensive end of the floor, not being able to come away with any rebounds to end Nebraska possessions. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Nebraska shot lights out. Right. It was just a matter of tired legs, tired minds, and a lot of clank. So much clank. But even, like I said yesterday, no one seemed pressed at all um, afterwards during the like the, the press conference. Stuff. They, they were like... I don't know. You know, we just we're just gonna go forget about this one and keep moving on. Jerome Tang was like, I couldn't, I didn't even know that you could go over twelve. I had right. no idea. And then it happens, you know. And he was like, Really? We're shooting that bad? And you know, that's makes me feel better about it. I, I'd, you know, you would feel much worse if they were dejected. Had no answers, didn't know what was going on, but they were like, they just, man, we we just couldn't hit a shot. So, eh, whatever. That also, though, plays into coaching. Yeah. And that's, that's getting the attitude that you want out of your guys in terms of approaching it, recognizing, okay, you've got another chance already coming up on right. Thursday night. Right. This is only one out of... 30 that you will play during the course of the regular season. And oh, by the way, we're still in great shape sitting at eight and three. That's two things. That is a one you have to look at. Eight and three after this stretch could be nine and three afterwards. The Cats could be in way worse positions than the, at nine and three. Mm-hmm. And I think he does such a great job, Coach Tang, of instilling that idea that no win or no loss is going to stick with us for longer than we're in this building. We're moving on, man. We got business to attend to. We're not going to stick around and and think about anything. We got Wichita State coming up, and we're moving on to that, the Bill Belichickian kind of attitude. And if if memory serves me right, maybe I'm crazy, but I didn't think they really put it together last season until a little bit later on in the season anyway. I mean, closer to their run 
I thought the early season there were some hiccups here and there yes. too. So yes, there were. You the, know, the, it, it, and again, so much of that also comes down to, as I noted, when you are adjusting your roster oh. and you've got so much that you're dealing with out of the transfer portal and graduation and guys that are in and guys that are out, you don't get the time other than a trip to Israel sure. to play those games that would help you get set. It, it It's, again, that difference between the NBA having a preseason versus college basketball just throwing it out there and saying, let's go. Welcome to the show. Let's go. You yeah. know, you get two. Mm-hmm. You get two secret scrimmages or scrimmages and exhibitions. However you want to play it, you get two. That's all you get. <laughs> right. right. And then it's time to go. Yeah. And then it's time to go. Right. And it doesn't matter how much work you've put in before the season starts, you're going to find that things may not flow as well as you want them to until you get a handful of games in. Sure. But that's also why it seems like a Kansas, a Purdue, even Arizona this year is able to put themselves out to a good start early in a season because they're able to operate on talent first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And the talent takes hold early. It's the consistency, the little things that go into the game that come as you play longer. Right. You know, Houston out to 11-0. and 0. But this conference right now, if you take a look at it from top to bottom, the only team that has uh, any real discussion of struggling is West Virginia, which we expected, and Oklahoma State, who I was very disappointed in yesterday in that they built a sizable first-half lead, choked it away by halftime against Wofford. Oof. Yeah, lost the uh, lost the first half spread. <clears throat> oh no! Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. and only won by six when it was done. They, they were seven and a half favorites mm. yesterday. Not that yeah, <laughs> eleven point first half lead, and you blow it before halftime and go into the locker room oh. down two. Oh, at home Oof. to Wofford, six and five. Oklahoma State is six and five. Uh, West Virginia's four and seven. But here's a key point of this. BYU, 10 and 1. Oklahoma, 10 and 1. Suffered that first one last night. KU, 10 and 1. TCU, 8 and 1. Iowa State, 9 and 2. Baylor, 9 and 2. Cincinnati, 9 and 2. Texas Tech, 9 and 2. Texas, 8 and 2. K State, 8 and 3. Mm-hmm. UCF, 7 and 3. How many true road games do you think that are built into that right now? A handful. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. One, one for every team, basically. <laughs> the uh, one team that has played two road games, two true road games, Cincinnati. And they're nine and two. You said. Uh huh. West Virginia has not played a true road game. They <laughs> did play in a, of course, multi-team event earlier, uh, so that's a neutral. They're four and four at home. Oof. Twelve true road games having been played thus far. Oklahoma should have been called a true road game last night playing in Charlotte. They've not played a true road game. 
Baylor has not played a true road game. They got beat by Duke last night in Madison Square Garden. Um, beyond that, yeah, K-State has one true road game, LSU. Welcome to Power 5 Scheduling. <laughs> this is where I sit here and I look at that schedule and I go, man, I would have killed to have had that when I was calling games. Uh, you know, in the Still big sky the conference. other end of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the other side of that is, <laughs> you know what those checks look like when they're coming into the other athletic department? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get new shoes, boys! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Let's just say that the hotel rooms uh, in Manhattan, Kansas are a little better than they are in Pocatello, Idaho. All right. Uh, We're closing in on uh, 425 on the game. We... Dave and I didn't get a lot of opportunity to talk yesterday. Mitch was going through all of the details regarding the signing class, and, well, there was so much information that that we didn't get a weigh-in on a lot of analysis from our vantage point. We'll touch on yesterday's signing day for K-State football when we continue. Salute to the K-State women, by the way, with their victory last night as they finish their non-conference slate 12-1 and by taking care of business against Southern. At one point in that game, they were up by 30 points Damn. Did in the I, first half. Did I – am I just making this up? Or when you were updating – when you did the sports update this morning, did you put a little emphasis on score 20 points? I thought you were <laughs> – I thought you put a little – Tiny Who, bit of emphasis. Me? Yeah. What? In noting Aoki's points? <laughs> now, why would I have done you that? No, I thought. Not, that's not, odd. not like I made any predictions or anything. No. That's weird that he would put emphasis on 20 points like that. Just a half a beat, little stop there. And I caught the note, of course, that she knocks down the three pointer. You heard her comment. Uh, and the little bit of chuckling between her and, and her teammates uh, on the podium last night. Uh, Mitch Warner pointed out, not only is it her first make, it's her first attempt. Oh, my God. Of her career. Some people are born with it all, man. She got, and that she got a little bit of uh, lucky English off the rim. <laughs> Bounce, hold, drop. Hey, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, uh, Jeff Mitty's Ball Club. In fact, we will touch base with him. I almost forgot about this coming up. Uh, We do have the head coach of the Cats coming up a little later here in about uh, maybe about 10 minutes. So scratch out that that line there on the uh, – that's what I get. Forgetful. (laughs) Forgetful today because I've got all these other things that are going on here in preparation for next week. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be quite the trip. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, welcome to the holidays. This is what happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, 15 signings for K-State football. We talked about them in depth yesterday, and you heard the assessment from, uh, from Bright himself. Tyler Bratt uh, talking about just exactly what they were looking for in the class and the like. And, you know, th- there's not much of a down moment to catch breath at this point. A little bit on the disappointing side that it's that way, given the transfer portal still has players in it, some names that are still in it. And then you turn around and it's not going to be all that long once you get past the bowl game. That February looms, and that's your next signing date, and you're essentially filling the holes that 
you still maybe have left after what yesterday was. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I was surprised at the rating levels from on three that they put this class for K-State as only the sixth best in the Big 12, right at the midpoint of the Big 12. I really didn't feel that it was a a quote-unquote middle-of-the-pack class. I felt it was better than that. Then again, part of that may be being spoiled by the fact that there are some four stars in there. One of the assessments that D.Y. had, Derek Young over at K-State Sports Online was, or K-State Online, I should say, uh, was noting that, okay, the fact that you did not get Michael Boganowski, Mm. the Junction City native electing to go to Oklahoma, and Grant Bricks changed his commitment from K-State to Nebraska. Those two probably would have lifted that class up that much higher. Mm. And... You know, it's it's amazing that it's that one or two pieces that can adjust the the level of your class. Texas Tech was rated as having the best class in the Big Twelve, but it was the only Big Twelve team mentioned even in the top twenty five classes per on three. Guess what was loaded up? SEC, Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And this is where the wheels then start turning as to, okay, how is this really going to begin to break now? Because the Big 12 has made its attempts to want to be right there on the doorstep despite not having the monies. How are you going to keep up with those as we move into the era of a 12-team playoff next year? And... Who made the deal that if you now it's not just a few teams here and there now it's a league. If you if you sign with a team that's in a league, your star goes up, your rating goes up a little bit. I hate that. I hate. That. I agree. This is where I have a real problem in general with college sports media and specifically college football media. Because too much of what it is based on, for all of the fandom of the sport being, in some cases, people like me who do still love tradition, I also recognize that tradition only carries you so far. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that there are too many in the major college football media who immediately take tradition as the end-all, be-all, and because your program has had tradition, you're automatically a blue blood forever, Mm -hmm. Alabama. I mean, yes, I will watch Notre Dame. I enjoy watching Notre Dame. I will cheer for Notre Dame. Do I believe that they are the caliber of program that they have been over the years? No. Do I believe that at some point they may be again? Not on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. But we have gotten into this mindset, and it's why part of why I mock the fact that Greg Sankey has apparently become the commissioner of college football, 
You tell me what story you read nowadays of anybody criticizing Greg Sankey in the major college football media. None. Exactly. It's all glowing. It's all taking his word as the final say. Because somewhere along the line, and part of this, CBS did a great sales job with the SEC on CBS Mm -hmm. in developing that as a product. And it turned into the behemoth now that, yes, when they say it just means more, unfortunately, everybody understands that slogan. Mm -hmm. They do. And... The media at the at at the extreme has bought into it. And it's unfortunate because it does tend to automatically give preference to Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, gives preference to those schools that have been the traditional powers in the game and automatically regales them as being somehow above everybody else in the sport. Even though, let's be honest, Alabama should not be in this Final Four. We can get into the argument about Florida State what being in that spot. Fact remains, Alabama did not do enough to be in that spot. Right. And leaving Florida State at home. Man. But because they won the SEC championship game, Alabama. I'm glad I'm not anyone who has to try to sit and sift through all of that no. to try to be a uh, to to try to be the salesperson for other programs. Oh. Gene, Gene Taylor's job on the committee is safe from me. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with that. But it is such a frustrating point mm-hmm. for this game because now we're going to find ourselves. Literally with two major conferences. We're, we're turning it into the NFL. I'm just interested, when do they start eating each other up? Like, when, when, do, the, when do the weaklings of those two conferences start to feel some heat? Uh, it's not going to happen because Alabama needs somebody to that's, beat and Vanderbilt is right there. We've said that before. That, that's true. they got to have somebody. <laughs> and it might as well be their buddy down the street. Right. You know, instead of, you know, somebody else. Um. Yeah, and you know it's funny the the uh, the the job that ESPN did on the Big Twelve mm-hmm. and trying to trying to just kill oh. the Big Twelve. Everybody else has kind of taken that as well, like kind of taken over that as well, without question. Yeah, they're just they're 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 going along with the the, the line, like hey, that's a company line that we we got to follow suit. Yeah, it's frustrating, just downright frustrating, mm-hmm. and. It colors what should be 
a lot of fun when you get a signing day like yesterday. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we come back, we talk with Jeff Mitty, K-State women's basketball coach, out to the 12-1 and start. His team with a nice win over Southern last night. The game continues in a moment. Troy Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland at the controls this afternoon as we continue on the game. Mitch Fortner out today. He's the voice at T-Mobile tonight for the Cats and uh, Wichita State. He's got the PA duties tonight, so he got to uh, duck out of town early to go sit there and do mic tests. Nice. <laughs> did he say has he, he's never he's never done that? No, I think he did it last year. Ah, that's right, he did. So, yeah, if it's the Wildcat Classic, it's Mitch Fortner on the PA. <laughs> Very nice. We'll just see if he's able to get him convinced to play Sandstorm or not tonight. <laughs> We're joined by women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. And, Coach, good game again last night for you. But, boy, these last handful of games, you've gotten out to such big leads. Do you feel like that uh, your team is getting some things done that you're they're able to learn from, that you're able to coach on coming out of them? Yeah, you know, I I think it's really been a case of we've been pretty good. I, I don't think, um, you, you know, I'll give you an example. Last night's team did not have a good record, but Southern has gone on the road to Texas, Baylor, Miami, Oregon, Nebraska. They came to us. They're on the road to Oklahoma. Uh, they were in a one-possession game with Miami. Um, they just got their leading score back two days ago. So this was not a bad team. This was a team that had a bad record, but uh, that's a team that was in the NCAA tournament a year ago. So I think we did a lot of really, really good things. And so when you're doing that, I think as long as you're doing the things you want to do and the things you work on in practice, you can get a lot done. And uh, certainly we were able to get that done. And and we're able to play a lot of people, and I still think we've got um, we've got to develop depth, and we've got to continue to get those players' minutes on the floor, and we've been able to do that in the last week. One of the things about a team like Southern is when they come play you, you're helping out their program. The record be danged, uh, because in their case, they're an HBCU, a historically black university. Those are games that help out their athletic department in a, in a large way. Yeah, you know, I've been in that situation a long time. When I was at Arkansas State, we had to raise a certain amount of money in game guarantees. So we had to play. At that time, it was seventy-five thousand. I think it's more like two fifty for uh, them right now. So they're on the road. They're the uh, Washington Generals of the uh, women's basketball, and uh, you know, and and yet they can. Like I said, they were in a one-possession game with a minute to go against a very good Miami team and had a chance to steal it. And um, uh, they'll have a chance to be uh, a champion in their league. And um, uh, But we played very well. I mean, to jump out on them like we did, we did a lot of things really, really well. Aoka Lee for you over these last few games has just stepped up her game once again and is starting to look like the player that she was two years ago when she put up the 61 against Oklahoma. At the start of the season, I know you were talking about that she really needed to get into game action, kind of get back, uh, if you will, get back her wind, be able to maintain. Are you starting to see her reach that point again just in time for conference? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for her has been uh, the traffic around her 
getting used to that again. You know, when she first came back, I mean, and that's only something that you can simulate in practice, you can do some things, but ultimately at game speed, uh, you can only get that through the games. And, uh, yeah, her touch around the rim, her feel of where she's at on the floor, um, that is something she's always been one of the best in the country at. And um, I don't. I feel like right now she is right back to where she's always been and maybe even better because as a veteran, she just has such great knowledge. And, um, you know, she's a smart player, so it didn't take her long. Something my wife and I noticed early on this season, just talking about her coming back from that knee injury, she looks like that she has adapted well and is moving so much better even than what she was two years ago. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, she just doesn't have that heavy brace on. Sure. And um, the brace that she had was really, it was designed to take pressure off a certain part of the knee to take the load off of that, and it required... Uh, you know, they would tighten it to take the load off one side of the knee, and then when that knee would get sore, they or that side of the knee would get sore, they would loosen it up. To and it was just you were playing a game of, um, you know, where do you put the pressure on and and uh, to keep her knee as good as it could. So she is really and she has maintained this from uh, all the way back in the summer. Uh, every time we we sat and talked, she felt very good about how the knee felt, how it was moving, and um, that was the most positive thing of the summer. Is that she just kept giving great reports all summer long. We're talking with Jeff Mitty, K State women's basketball coach, as his team goes into the holiday break at twelve and one with a win over Southern last night at Bramlage. You get this bit of time off. What are you doing with the team to get them a little bit of rest here for the holiday? Yeah, you know, we actually worked out this morning. Um, we, we worked out this morning. They all had flights out about noon, so they were in very early. And I'll give you an idea of how <clears throat> committed a player like Aoka Lee is. You know, she has clients now with her degree so she's in family counseling and therapy and so she has clients now with her master's program um she worked out at 6 a.m this morning <laughs> and um and the rest of the team worked out at 9 a.m but she had she had class stuff um so they got a good workout in this morning they were excited to go home they got out of there about ten thirty, and um um, so we'll, we'll give them a little break. We'll come back on the 26th and get ready to go for Big 12 play, which for us starts on the 30th. Yeah, you match up with Cincinnati in that first game, and we'll have time to talk about that once we get there. But as you take a look at this conference now, top to bottom, very few road games have been played, and uh, true road games, that is. And you're looking at a lot of teams that had gotten had gotten out to uh, unbeaten marks. Uh, have you had a chance to really assess what the conference has accomplished to this point? You know, not much. Only looking at the scores. You know, I think we've gotten off to a good start. I think the one thing with the transfer portal that has been, um, <clears throat> you know, everybody's old. Everybody's mm-hmm. able to stay old. Everybody's able to get. You know, even the the teams that would be picked, maybe not at the top, you look at them and they've got grad transfers across the board. So I think everybody's improved for the most part. Not everybody, but but I think the league is set up to be very strong. Currently, it's rated the second best league in the country, the net. 
Um, and I think, I think top to bottom, ours is the strongest because the SEC is very top heavy right now. Um, I'm not sure on the pack right now. Um, I haven't seen enough of the games, but uh, I think the Big 12 is set up to have a very, very good year. When you look at the conference additions coming in this year, BYU, Cincinnati, who you will open conference play against, UCF, and uh, uh, throwing in there, uh, let's see here, why am I forgetting off the top of my head? One more to to the mix. (laughs) Uh, Houston. Houston, thank you. As you look at that group, how have they fit into the conference, do you think? You know, I think they've scheduled smart. Uh, we open up with Cincinnati, and they've scheduled the toughest of anybody. They've played a really, really good schedule. They've played, uh, I'm going to miss some of it, but they've played Louisville. They've played Kentucky. They've pay, played Colorado. And I think North Carolina State. They have had the toughest schedule of the newcomers. Um, but they've done very well. They won by 20 today over Siena. Um, they played earlier today. Um, they've got a good defensive team. Offensively, they've struggled a little bit, but I think all of those are going to bring really, really good teams. But I've been through that adjustment before as a coach. You know, I was in five different leagues <laughs> uh, at a previous school, and um, there's always an adjustment period because you don't know the league very well. You don't know. Uh, scouting reports. You're doing your first scouting report on every team in the league, and uh, that's not an easy thing to do. So there'll be an adjustment for them, but um, they've all got good recruiting areas. They've all got good recruiting bases, and um, I think they'll do very well in the league. When's the family get together to celebrate the holiday, and are you ready for everybody being home? (laughs) You know what? I'm actually sitting in a parking lot over at Legends because I'm going to the men's game tonight, and um, I dove my first uh, um, shopping deal, and uh, it'll be my last. I can't stand it. Um, I can't stand it. Um, I, I, I don't know how people do it. I Amazon will, will um, I will pay them whatever they need me to pay them to get presents to my door by Christmas Day. Um yeah, you know what? All of our uh, kids and their spouses, we've got them all married now. They will come in on the 23rd, and uh, we will have Christmas in Manhattan, and then we will uh, head to Kansas City and, and see my family, and everybody will kind of rotate there, and, and we'll get to see a lot of people. So we'll get a good break. Very good. Hope you and yours all have a great Christmas then, Coach, and we'll look forward to catching up to you again soon. Okay, great. You guys have a good holiday as well. Thank you. Coach Jeff Mitty of the K-State women's basketball team, as again, they go into the holiday break at 12-1. and 1. Come back with a final thought in Hour 1 of the game next. I just want to take a moment and note, with all of the discussion about the Chiefs wide receivers through the course of the year and what Tyreek Hill has been accomplishing in Miami, Oh boy! Oh, you, uh, you. Oh, you meant uh, what he was accomplishing on the field. I, oh. I, <laughs> he's going. To, he's going to give Nick Cannon a run for his money, <laughs> isn't he? Uh, listen, I just want to say. I just want to point out. Everyone's gorgeous in South Beach. Everyone down there's gorgeous. Tyreek, stay home. Stay home. You just got married. He did. He did. 
three kids out of another relationship, two baby mamas now that are suing him, and at least one child in this marriage now. Mm. Oh. I, I've lost count. I, it's just kind of becoming a joke. And <laughs> can you imagine the image between the the image off between the Travis Kelsey image and the Tyreek Hill image if they both were still in Chiefs jerseys? Oh man. The, the pop culture scene would be absolutely unbelievable <laughs> in Kansas City, the way that this is playing out. You do not have to field your own football team, no, you don't. Tyreek. No. No, you don't. You, you don't need to. Stay home. Good grief. <laughs> While Mitch is in Kansas City, he did give it a little work with the computer today. Mitch Palm coming up after a check of the news in the next hour of the game. Plus a song of the day as we close out the number ones. Yeah, he put this one on the map today for me. Nice. Specifically. Nice. So we'll get into that next hour as well. It's the game. Back after your check of the news.